Hey everybody, welcome to Random Musings from the Clinical Trials Guru. I really want to thank you for listening. If you feel compelled to do so, make sure you subscribe, uh, leave a review, comment, share, whatever you feel like doing. Help me out trying to grow this podcast, trying to continuously deliver value. A couple of things before we get into the show, check out the links in the show notes to my CRA Academy, my CRC Academy, both of them doing very well as far as getting people jobs in the marketplace. Check those out. Also, if you need help getting studies for your site or anything else, or even launching a site, basically any help for your site, we have a low monthly fee consulting service where we have helped many clients become and continue to be successful site owners through our background efforts of business development and support staff. Text me 949-415-6256. Please check out the links in the show notes as well for the book, The Comprehensive Guide to Clinical Research. It's been selling really well, getting very well received by the community. Thank you guys so much for that. Also check out the YouTube member page. Join this channel to get perks. That's my YouTube uh, membership. It's 10 bucks a month. You get a monthly mastermind exclusively. It's a Zoom call every month with other YouTube members. Uh, You also get weekly videos exclusive to the YouTube members on how to use social media to improve your opportunities in life sciences. So check that out. Really means a lot to me. And thank you so much again for listening and enjoy the show. So Scarlett Troy, somebody who I've been talking to for a while, we actually first, you first reached out to me when um, fake candidates, we were trying to expose like fake candidates because I looked through all of our chat history and that's the first one, first topic that we discussed. And Scarlett's been messaging back and forth here and there, talking about different things. And then she kind of told me her career journey. And I said, you know what? You'd be a perfect guest on the, on the show, show, Scarlett, because you've done CRC, in-house CRA, CRA1, CRA2, which is what you are now. First of all, a lot of people don't even know what those things are, so we'll get into that. But you also started as a medical scribe in ophthalmology. And mm-hmm. I didn't know you were a terp. Uh, University of Maryland. Not that I'm a Terp, but it's a cool campus. But you went to the Baltimore. Uh, you didn't go to College Park campus, right? That's right. Uh, the Baltimore camp- campus. I think the the mascot is a golden retriever. If I'm oh, not mistaken, it's not a Terp. Wow, <laughs> it's not a Terp. Oh, that okay, one's specific okay. to College Park. Yeah. Oh, so it's like universe. Oh, okay, it's like you. They're totally system. separate. Yeah, they're okay. totally separate entities, even though they might be in different counties, and they have, you. you know, they're both University of Maryland. One's oh. Baltimore County, and the other one's College Park. That um, makes sense. But totally unrelated. That yeah, you went as far as college, and I was in fact the golden retriever. Um, I also attended a local community college for a couple of years, Montgomery College. I uh, I hold very very close to my heart. I think some of the best teachers that I ever had were at MC. So shout out to MC. I miss everybody there. And we had the same major, molecular biology. Um, yes. I have the exact same bachelor's degree from University of Arizona. And I'm actually going back through like relearning the stuff because 
I wish I would have paid more attention. It's one of my regrets in college. It's like just kind of getting, trying to get through my major quick without realizing that like 20 years later, almost 20 years later, the science, like uh, I'll need to like get back to it <laughs> because <laughs> it's getting more interesting the more I get into biotech. We could talk about that too, but yeah, thank you so much for coming on, Scarlett. Thank you for inviting me. It has been a full 360 moment. Um, you know, start, you know, not too long ago, I was like watching your videos and uh, now I'm in one of them. So <laughs> that's definitely, crazy. definitely really thankful for the opportunity. Glad to have you part of Guru Nation and on Instagram and on LinkedIn. And by the way, everybody can go connect with Scarlett right now. This network's all about, this industry is all about networking her LinkedIn is underneath the video and in the show notes, if you're listening on the podcast. Um, so thank you, Scarlett. So when did you first discover clinical research? Cause you were medical scribe. You went to school, right? You did the same major as me. I did. I'm I guessing did. you didn't know much about research then either. Or? I did not. Um, my, my, I would say my journey through healthcare started out at the community college level. Um, during the month of uh, Hispanic Heritage Day, surprisingly, um, we had an event where we would have a keynote speaker. And that particular year was a world-renowned ophthalmology uh, surgeon in the area. So he came in, you know, he's originally from Colombia, told us a story, which was absolutely fascinating. I mean, this is uh, the ultimate, you know, rag-to-riches story of Dr. Alberto Martinez, who came from Colombia and basically you know, made himself from nothing um, and graduated from, you know, top of his class at Georgetown University. And, you know, his story was very, very inspiring to me. At the time, I was in a pre-med path where I was trying to become a surgeon myself. I didn't know specifically what specialty, um, but I knew that I wanted to become a physician and eventually go the surgery path. So um, after meeting him, he actually very kindly offered me his card. You you know, come in and take. You can shadow a couple surgeries. I think it would be really helpful. And that's what started it all. Um, I started out. I decided to go take a chance. I did. I thought this guy probably does this all the time. He won't even know who I am. Um, So I interned there for about six months and six months later, one of his scribes, I think his, um, his scribe of six years was leaving. And he said, what do you do in the summer? And I said, well, you know, I'm going to work to pay for my school and continue to come here because I'm learning quite a lot. He said, no, I've seen you. You pick up with things really quickly. I think you'd be great. Uh, So I started training. I learned all about, you know, refractions and we saw a lot of our patients were cataract uh, patients. Uh, we did a lot of cornea transplants. We did a lot of uh, turigen surgeries. Um, and we saw, you know, a wild array of just general ophthalmology cases. I wasn't there for about a year. And then I needed to continue my education. So I could no longer be with them. Um, so I left. I went off to UMBC, did my two years, graduated. And when I graduated, I came to the predicament that I think a lot of college students come to in today's day and age, which is trying to find a job um, to pay off the student loans um, and continue on to life because it's it's the start of adulthood. Um, So I searched and searched and searched high and low, nothing. 
So then I started looking for ophthalmology positions because I realized that I had that experience. Even though it was very small, it was experience. And lo and behold, I think it took maybe a couple of weeks and something hit and I became a, a, an ophthalmic tech for, um, for a, an ophthalmology practice. I was there for a year and then I went on to do retina. I went to work for a different practice in 2015 and that's where it all started. Um, I was an ophthalmic tech, you know, kind of just doing the pre-screening, you check your vision, doing a lot of eye pressures, dilating patients, taking chief complaints, things like that. Um, moving on to some of the photography that we did a lot in the field in retina, it's, you know, it's very, uh, very well dominated by imaging. I mean, a lot of the, the key core diagnosis that the physicians do is based on the imaging. Um, this particular practice was moving from paper records to electronic medical records at that time. So they were transitioning everything to the new EMR system that they had. And uh, the positions of scribes were created. And so I went on to become one of the lead scribes for the practice, uh, where I started training some of the other people that were starting. And it just kind of went from there. Wow. One day... <laughs> My so you started training came, people, and this was fresh out yeah. of college, fresh out of college, right? This was a couple years after college. Um, oh, okay. I would say maybe, maybe like, maybe like a year and a half, a year and a half, give or take. So you became I a think, coordinator, or what, or like the? So, so my first, I first dipped my toes into research while I was a scribe. They had this program at one of the particular locations, being one of the one that I was in where they would take uh, scribes and train them to become visual acuity examiners. I did that for a couple of years and then they were no longer, you know, the studies ended at my location. And so there was no need for VAEs. Um, then I had to move. So I was living in Maryland at the time and then I was trying to move to Virginia and I was looking for a transfer to a different location. Um, this is a perfect example of Sometimes when the door closes, it doesn't mean no. It just means there's another, a better option available. So they didn't give me the transfer, which I was quite upset about. Um, but they told me, hey, there's an opening for a clinical research coordinator, and I think you'd be great for it. And that's most most people who start in this industry is basically on accident. I mean, stumble. Because, into you, don't, because you don't know. I mean, people talk about... Uh, nurses, uh, people talk about physician's assistant, people talk about surgeons, you know, primary care physicians. Nobody really talks about research. I, no. I found that it's a very, there wasn't much, to be honest with you. Okay. This is the reason why I started watching your channel literally every day, all day long, because I went to my local library to try to look for books on clinical research. I could find yeah. none. That's why we <laughs> I wrote this. Stuff like That's why we wrote <laughs> <Yes>. this. <laughs> This should be in so, libraries. Absolutely. Absolutely. I just think that the resources are not fully there. Um, I don't even think they really understood what I was trying to look for. I mean, they gave me books on pre-med, on the MCAT, on the LSAT. I mean, everything, but nothing clinical research. I'm like, no, that's not even close. Yeah. And a multi-trillion dollar industry within healthcare gets ignored, you know, and almost on purpose. like. It's almost like the sites don't want the word to spread, you know, 
early on, I remember doing the videos and a lot of site owners would email me and say, hey, like, let's stop getting the word out. We don't want more sites. Yeah, I'm like, no, we're going to do this. Like, and then CRAs too. They trying to keep like their salaries high. So they're like, oh, be cool. even on TikTok today in 2022, I'm doing TikToks. 90% of the comments are like, wow, I didn't realize this is a career. 10% of the comments are other researchers saying, hey, stop getting the word out about this. So <laughs> it's not just like they, like some mysterious reason. It's the people working in the industry are secretive about it. I think that there is enough for everybody to just, you know, build their own niche and just shine. Uh I, I just think that there's this misconception that just getting the word out. I mean, you still need to put in the work. It doesn't just magically come to you. You still need to prove to your client, whether it's the sponsor, the CRO, whoever, um, that you are doing your job as a CRA, that you are a quality CRA so that you can move on. I mean, it's part of your business ethics, part of the brand. You are the brand. Mm -hmm. Okay. So CRC, you you did that for like under a year, right? You were not a CRC so, long. Life happened again. Um, so I became a CRC and I was doing that for about, I want to say about a year. And throughout this entire time, I actually had been ill, but I was sort of just dealing with the symptoms as I went. I first, I, I first got ill in 2016 um, which at the time, you know, I was a scribe. I, I, ha I don't think I was even a BAE then. And so the years went by and the symptoms just kept getting worse. You know, I, I'd get better, but then I would get worse. And then it, it would just go back and forth. You know, my treatment involved surgery. I went back to talk to my, um, uh, my medical insurance and they would not cover the procedure. Um, so now I was in the situation where I really need treatment. I can't afford it here. So I called my mom in Ecuador and I told her I need to go find a surgeon who can help me because I need surgery right away. The recovery is going to take a long time. So I went on medical leave. Um, so I went to Ecuador in February of 2020 and did every test under the face of the earth to make sure that I had all, you know, blood work, cultures, MRI, chest x-ray, you name it, I did it. Um, and then finally found my surgeon and then the pandemic broke out and yes. I, wow. so I had to had, um, major surgery twice, um, in Ecuador in the middle of a pandemic overseas. And then I got trapped in Ecuador for six months with the quarantine, right? Right. I mean, everything was closed, uh, in Ecuador, things were a little bit tougher than here. I don't know really what it was like in here, but in Ecuador, we had martial law. You could not be out on the street because you were going to go to jail otherwise. So then I came back six months later and I had to pick up right where I left off. I was very blessed that my job, you know, given the extenuating situations, held on to my position until then. And when I came in, I hit the ground running. We had... I think a total of 17 trials at the time with different sponsors that we so were you came actively... back to coordinate same place. And as soon as I got back, I started again and they now we have manpower. We're starting, you know, newer studies and we need to start recruiting and continue, uh, you know, the ones that we have right now. So 
I hit the ground running and they made me lead for several studies and I just kept going. A few months later, they actually said that they were really happy with my job and that they wanted to promote me to CRC too. And so they did. And during that time, because of the amount of work that I was doing as a CRC too, to compare to the size of the practice, I mean, the practice was actively growing and I just felt like the man, we needed more manpower and we weren't necessarily getting it. Um, and I was also feeling like, okay, I have been doing this for a couple years now. I think it's time to maybe move on to my next step. Where else is this going to lead me to? So I started looking. Um, and this was a tough time. I think I spent probably a year looking for CRA positions and nothing, not a single interview. <laughs> it was tough. I'm not going to lie. It was really tough. Um, it was through networking that uh, a friend of mine let me know about a in-house CRA to CRA program that uh, one of the large CROs was having. And she said, I think you'd be perfect for it. You know, give it a shot and go from there. And I got lucky. Who was and, this friend? Oh, Who is this friend? Like, you don't need to name them, but like, how did you know them? So this was a friend who was a former uh, colleague of mine. We had worked together in the past. Yeah. You see networking, guys. I'm so glad, Scarlett, they're learning it from you now because uh, they just think I keep saying the same things over and over again. But networking is like how to do it. You know, Network, it's all about networking. I think, I mean, networking is very important, uh, but I think it's also important for people to keep a low expectation. Not everybody is going to perhaps reply when you reach out. Oh, yeah. um, I I know that as a coordinator, I was in touch with a lot of the CRAs that worked in my studies um, because I was curious about, you know, what their, their work was like, uh, why they were traveling all the time. And I, I have to say, you know, once I reached out, maybe one replied, not too many of them. You just, you just knock on every door, but maybe one will open. That's all you need. <laughs> yeah, no, that's all you need. Exactly right. Exactly right. I'm assuming in-house CRA, you did that for like seven months or something? I actually did it for less. I think the program is built for you to be in-house CRA for six months. But what I learned after getting out of the program is that you pretty much decide how long you want to be in that program. Ah, um, okay. You know, sometimes people are not necessarily, this is a job for self-starters. <laughs> there Which is, one? Nobody's going to tell you what to do. I think, I think research in general, CRAs and, 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 you know, in-house CRAs, if they're working remotely, it's something that you, you're not going to have anybody telling you what to do. You have to know, okay, this is what I have to do today. I'm going to prioritize this task. You know, what deadlines do I have coming up? Things like that. Um, and prioritize accordingly because I don't know about you, but most of the studies that I've worked for, everything is needed for yesterday. <laughs> Everything's oh, yeah. urgent. <laughs> Everything's urgent. Everything's the end of the world. Um, yeah. Every study I'm on, that's the case. And you're absolutely right. It's huge earning potential. And the ones who earn and you're, really just getting started in your career but the ones who earn who out earn their peers 
are the ones who don't treat it like a job, but they treat it like a career. I mean, and they don't wait till somebody tells them what to do. They just do it. They know what they need to do. They're professionals. So you're absolutely right. You know, somebody on TikTok messaged me, where do I find these six-figure jobs? And I said, when you stop considering them jobs and start considering it a career. And she didn't reply back, but that's a good way. Oh, to, no. <laughs> un, that's a good way to get people to not follow you. But I don't mind. I guess you answered it. a question. Maybe that's why she she didn't have any follow up questions. But it just shows you like the there's people that will succeed, and there's those that are just kind of looking for what next, you know. And there's nothing wrong with that either. But in your case, I think you're spot on. Like nobody's going to tell you, you got to be a self-starter if you want to advance. And I think that's why you advance so quickly. So in-house CRA, you you said some of your peers maybe stayed and just say, Hey, you know what? I like in-house CRA and I just want to do this. Mm-hmm. And, and that was the other aspect of it. Um, yeah. Some people were not necessarily prioritizing it as much. I don't want to say not taking it seriously because I don't know what is going on in this person's personal life. You know, a lot of them, they yeah, might be parents. travel and all that. Exactly. Yeah. Life happens. Mm-hmm. And the role really is not built for everyone. I, I, you know, I hate, I take my hat out to the mothers that are out there and the fathers. It is not as glamorous as you may think. <laughs> no, no. And we see a lot of CRAs been doing it ten, seven, 10 years. They either, they're looking for what's next. They're that's another problem in the industry right now because there's a shortage. They're not necessarily being made lead CRAs or line managers or CTMs. You know, they keep sponsors keep telling them, Hey, one more CROs keep telling them one more study, you know, just do one more. It's like a drug dealer, one more. (laughs) Um, And they become site. A lot of them look to site ownership, you know, because they monitor sites and they're, they see some sites like mine and they're like, if this guy can do it, I can do it too. They don't realize it's I, a whole another set of problems though. <laughs> I, I've seen CRAs leave the CRA role and go to work for the site, go work at the site level. Um, because there are, you know, there are a lot of these sites that they said, Hey, we could, we could use somebody from the inside to help us organize ourselves so that, yeah. you know, we are in good shape and we are, you know, audit ready. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of options. Okay, so you became CRA CRA one after in-house CRA because you were ready and you said, "Yeah, I want to do CRA one." Basically, yeah, it took me about four months. I was actively looking. This particular program required you to have a certain number of infield training visits. Uh, you know, where you go and shadow somebody. Um, and you're, mon- you're basically shadowing, uh, it might be a senior CRA or maybe a CRA, CRA too, uh, while they're, you know, actively working on the site and you get to see sort of like how a normal day will go if you were by yourself as a CRA. Um, these are not easy to come by and sometimes it can take a while, but see, for me, they would tell me. Scarlett, you know, we have a remote one, but mm, it's kind of like at a weird hour. It's like at 6 a.m. because of the time difference, because it's somewhere else. And I would just take it. It didn't matter to me. If they gave me, um, um, there were certain courses that are 
you know, led by instructors and they're, I guess, via Zoom called remotely, done remotely that way. And sometimes there's a huge time difference because the instructor might be in China or they might be somewhere else. So that would mean I would have to be up at like five in the morning, but it didn't matter to me because it was a requirement in order for me to get promoted. So that's what I'm talking about. So the, the sacrifices that you undergo in order to move forward with your career. I understood that I'm starting and these, this is the sacrifice that I have to do. Like, I just have to keep pushing. Start yeah. from the bottom. Yeah. <laughs> Get there. I mean, I know. And that's a good thing to unpack. Like, do you think, I'm assuming you don't have kids, right? I do not. I do do not. you think if you had kids, you would be able to do that? I don't know if... I would even be in the field. It's just too much. I mean, okay, the only children that I have are my plants and I struggle keeping my plants alive with the amount of travel that I do. I know. <laughs> the watering. I, know. I mean, I fall behind in watering for sure. My it's, partner helps me, but. <laughs> my CRA came to my site on Friday and she drove to our site because she's she lives in Phoenix and she drove three hours to come see us in Yuma. And one of the MAs had a dogs to sell like little puppies mm -hmm. and this CRA loves puppies. So I was trying to help the MA cause she's like, Hey, help me sell these dogs. I'm like, all right, look. So I asked the CRA, I'm like, Hey, you like dogs? Here's one. I was doing my best job to sell. And she said straight up, she said, I love that. You can tell she like, love that puppy, the picture. And she said, but I can't, I'm a CRA. My job does not allow that. It would not be fair to the dog. But it's tough. It's tough, Scarlett. So in many ways, it's like really good that you've been able to advance. Now you're CRA too. Mm -hmm. You know, prior to having kids, if that's something you decide to do later. So CRA one, how long did you do that for before CRA two? And then what's the differences between CRA one and CRA two? Um, I would say a little less than a year. Um, it's interesting because I got promoted and, you know, I'm meeting with my land manager making sure that I'm meeting all my goals, my objectives, how can I improve, you know, my metrics and things like that in the big zero world, everything is metrics, <laughs> as you may know. Every, yeah. <laughs> One of the things that I was told at the time was that I could not get promoted because you can only get a promotion like after a full year. So I hung on to that and I, I said, well, you know, it didn't discourage me or anything. I just kept working hard. And through networking, I was actually reached out by a different zero who wanted yeah. to hire me. At the time, things didn't work out right because of, again, life. Life will always get in the way <laughs> or work in your favor. Um, and so I didn't take that specific position, but, you know, the CRO that I was with very, very nicely decided to promote me. And uh, so I'm here. <laughs> and I'm very happy so, with who I'm with right now. I think I've learned so much with them. And wait, you know, wait, they have so a great they, program. They decided to promote you. Did they know that you were about to leave? Uh, they did. They did. That's that's the reason why they gave me. They said, no, we want to keep you. We really like you. And we like the work that you're doing. So please yeah. Everybody has rules until it doesn't work in their favor. And then all of a sudden, exceptions can be made. Uh, you know, it's like Mike Tyson said, everyone has a plan till they get punched in the face. So you <laughs> you being um, recruited by another company, that was their punch in the face. Like, all right, well, 
uh, we gotta keep Scarlet. So that I see, think that you know, I, I, one of your actually in several of your videos, you often say after you have a year of being a CRA. I don't think that's true anymore. I think as soon as people see CRA after six months, I mean, people are knocking your door and they're like, hey, do you want to work with us? I get so many emails on a weekly basis. They just like, we're in, sometimes they call me and you know, I pick up because I'm, I'm wondering, is it one of my sites? Particularly if I recognize the error code. Um, they're like, oh, we're interested in, you know, for this. I'm like, I'm not on the market right now, <laughs> but moving along. Wow. Uh, but yeah, people are definitely reaching out for sure. Yeah, maybe it's even six months. I mean, geez. I would say the number of projects that you're taking on. So when I was a CRA one, you you know, there was a lot of just one protocol and maybe a couple sites. Um, you know, now I'm working on a light speed study with a lot of you know, really big enrollers. And, you know, for light speed studies, the timelines are just so much faster. I mean, everything it's like a data entry is just one business day, which is unheard of. I mean, I try to think of it at the site level when if I'm having 18 different other studies and they want me to enter the data and answer queries within 24 hours. It's just, it's really tough. Yeah, they're crazy. Um, they better pay a lot for the sites to do that. What's Lightspeed? Lightspeed, Lightspeed just means that the timelines are much shorter. Um, so currently I have a vaccine trial, but. Oh, okay. I, I was going to ask you, are you still in ophthalmology or are you doing other studies? When I first got promoted to CRA1, they asked me if I wanted to stay in ophthalmology. No, I wanted something I have never seen before. So they said, well, people don't usually like vaccines because the sponsors can be, uh, they kind of have a lot of expect like high expectations for the timelines and everything is very fast paced. And I just said, well, I can do fast paced, definitely. Um, so yeah, I've been, you know, here since, and it's, it's, it's been a great learning experience. There's just so much people don't realize, um, it takes a village to run a, tri a trial, not just at the site level, oh, yeah. but I think at, you know, at the sponsor level, do you travel? A lot? There's so many different roles. Oh, every week I'm on the road every week. Do you travel regionally or do you go, do they send you just anywhere? Um, usually within the Northeast, uh, New York, Massachusetts, New Hampshire, that area. Okay. Okay. Wow. So CRA I wish I could drive to my sites. <laughs> my CRA does. She brings her husband with her in the car and he just like chills. He takes a nap in the car, but it makes sense because she's always traveling. So for them, that three hours of driving is like, they get to bond, you know, they get to spend time together. They get to probably go eat something after it's kind of cool yeah. they make, make it, it work. work everybody makes it work the best way they can yeah absolutely you have to do what's best for you what works for your schedule mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and your relationship if you're in one i mean that's you know she was telling me that he she will never be on video i tried i've tried to bribe her <laughs> she won't she doesn't even know i have a youtube she doesn't know like she didn't know at least um but yeah she's she her husband's also a traveling he's in healthcare and he travels so they don't really get that much time together so it makes sense to me that she does drive to us because you could fly to yuma from phoenix it's like a 20 30 minute flight but she prefers to drive it's three hour yeah three hour drive all right well we gotta do like part two and part three <laughs> we definitely have to have you on latinos in clinical research like uh as a kid i've heard a lot about it i i would be really really happy to share my story you never know who's listening i i have a funny anecdote about 
networking with somebody who I was not close to. And this person finally replied to me. I thought she was ignoring me the whole time. And she said, oh, no, I don't normally check this platform, but I know who you are. And I said, you do? How do you know? And she said, we're on the same study. And I'm like, we are? She said, I know the kind of work that you do because you ask questions in a call that has 200 plus people when no one else wants to ask questions because they're afraid of sounding stupid or they're just shy. And they said, she said, excuse my French, it takes balls to ask questions in a call that big where you have, you know, very important people. You have project managers, you, you have, you know, some of the perhaps sponsor representatives, like, you know, listening in. So it's, it's tough. It takes courage to ask the questions. But I always think perhaps somebody will have the same questions. So maybe I'm just taking one for the team. <laughs> yeah, no, that's great. I mean, if you honestly have a question, like who cares how many people are listening and sponsors are, I've been on those kind of calls where I'm asking questions and nobody's asking anything. So I'm like, I, I think people are not paying attention. So even if it's like something you would consider a dumb question, although there's no, really no such thing, um, you're happy to just hear something like, Oh, this person's listening. At least you're listening. Like, thank you. <laughs> yeah. You know, at worst case, like they just think you're listening. We got to have you on because like you said earlier, it's all about networking. And mm -hmm. tomorrow, for example, we have these monthly free zoom meetups and we have a director. I mean, she's like a global director of metadata. She's going to be presenting and guess what? She's always looking to hire and they want more diversity in their workforce too. So like this is such a no brainer for like our community to be on these things. It's free. Metadata, the EDC. Yeah. Yeah. She's oh, wow. I worked with that. I worked with that program when I was in ophthalmology. I, I have to say, I, I liked it. One of my it's favorites. everyone's favorites. Yeah. Rave is like everyone's <laughs> favorite uh, compared to the other ones. So would love to get you on and anyone else watching. But thank you so much, Scarlett. Everybody, go check out Scarlett's LinkedIn profile underneath the show notes. And um, thank you very much, Scarlett. Anything else you want to add that you didn't get the chance to say? No, thank you so much for the opportunity. Again, you can reach out to me via LinkedIn and uh, we'll be in touch. I mean, I hope everybody has a great rest of your year. Don't give up on your dreams. Keep trying. If a door ever closes, know that it's not a definitely no. It might just be guiding you in the right direction onto perhaps something better. You just haven't noticed it yet. Ah, I like that. Okay, good. Stay open-minded. Stay open-minded. <laughs> open Thank you so much, Scarlett Troy, everybody. Thank you for watching. Thank you very much, Scarlett. Like, subscribe, comment, share. Catch Thank you guys you, later. Go Take connect. care. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.